Meepo is drunk. It is Meepo's job to tell everyone that comes by that Meepo is drunk. And his words are slurred a little bit, so it seems like maybe he took this task a little too literally. <laughs> He's method. Meepo is method. Live from the Mundangerous Principal's Office in New York City, I'm your host Shane. And I'm your host, Ishan. And welcome to episode 329 of Total Party Thrill, a podcast for game masters and players where we discuss our campaigns in order to inspire yours. This is Actual Play, Season 3, Episode 10. In this episode, we're continuing our playthrough of the 5th edition D&D adventure, The Magister's Masquerade, from the sourcebook Strixhaven, A Curriculum of Chaos. Tez Proudgale has broken into the Dean's Wing in Archaeo Memorial Hall where he has so far succeeded in mm, breaking through one door. Uh, He's now in a room where there is something invisible that he can't tell, and there's a twig blight here. He's also looking for treasure. I mean, if treasure happens to fall into my bag of holding, who am I to stop it? That has always been your M.O. Well, if it isn't nailed down... (laughs) (laughs) remember kind of surprisingly lots of things aren't nailed down they're just kind of there on plinths yeah there's a lot of things just floating in in uh in arcanics aren't there yeah they really are all right it's the middle of the night you've done a little literal b and e your companions scalabro and meepo have been left behind in the hall to act drunk as a cover A long corridor separates you from them. You're able to rogue your way through a sturdy wooden door at the end of the corridor, but rather than letting it lock behind you, you've jimmied it so that you can open it at will, which may come in handy. Within this room, there are small side doors, and in front of you, three doors, one of which has a plaque saying, Dean Augusta Tullus. And in a pot in front of it is... Definitely what you recognize as a twig blight in a pot. And also in this room, there's something that you can't see. You can feel the air moving, but you don't know where it is or what it could be. And that's where we are. So I don't like twig blights. You have a history, yeah. Twig blights, bad. Feel pretty, feel pretty strong about that. However, I also don't necessarily want to, like, completely destroy it because, like, I might need it for evidence. It is a pretty good clue as to the prophecy that I'm chasing down, though. And that's kind of more important to me than really building a case. I... Uh, do I have some sense of, like, how far away this wind gust was? Can mm-hmm. I try and get, like... Make a perception check. Very well. Oh, you say, yes, I will make the check, not, yes, I did very well. Uh, No, I did, well, I did very well. Uh, We're starting out with an 18 plus 3 is 21. You can feel a breeze, but you can't tell what direction it's coming from. It seems to shift, which, now that you think about it, if it were coming from, say, an open window you'd feel a gust from the same direction continually. Or if it was a door opening, you'd feel a gust from one direction, and then it would stop. But this is almost like a chaotic swirling of air. 
Hmm. Ah, a chaotic swirling, you say? Okay. Well, that makes me feel like it's more of an elemental. Um. Hmm. Tez is going to deal with a problem that's directly in front of him uh, first. <laughs> so, uh, oh, wow. We haven't done this yet. Okay. All right. Uh, Tez is wearing infiltrator armor, as you recall, uh, his, his arcane armor. He is going to angle his little assistant, uh, like the, the armor kind of plating, like gears were and sort of magic mechanically, um, cover his, uh, his right fist, uh, in, in armor. And then it begins to glow out of the knuckles and, uh, he shoots an energy beam, <laughs> a magical lightning beam, towards the uh, towards the twig plate. All right, make an attack roll with your lightning launcher. It is an attack roll, yes. Uh, it's an attack roll, but it can use intelligence, which is convenient because of my headband. So it's, I'm actually better with it. It's, it's weird. Uh, but I don't know if that's actually enough to hit a twig plate. Seven plus seven is 14 versus AC. That is enough to hit a twig blight. Okay. Uh, I don't think I qualify for uh, sneak attack on this one. Uh, no. It is a ranged weapon attack, right? It is a ranged weapon, yeah, but I don't have any source of advantage or uh, or whatever. So, okay. Uh, then I will. Uh, I will also once on each of your turns when you hit a creature with it, deal an extra d6 lightning damage. So it will deal an extra d6. That is a total of six plus four is ten lightning damage to the twig blade. Ten lightning damage. Um, a beam of energy fires from your gauntlet and hits the twig blade right in the center. And it erupts like a tree that's been hit by lightning. Uh, in fact, it begins to crackle. As you can see, it's now on fire. <laughs> Is that a dead twig blight? It's absolutely a dead twig blight. Okay. Uh, <laughs> crap, crap, crap. Uh, uh, as Tez like runs over, he's, he shouts. You face them at level one. Maybe you don't remember. They had four hit points. I didn't remember that they had four hit points. <laughs> it's not important. Uh, the, the conveniently, uh, Tez can use an object <laughs> with his fast hands as a bonus action. So Tez will run over and uh, try to uh, put out the flames very quickly <laughs> with a uh, with like his cloak, <laughs> I guess. Plus, it's a potted plant, so you could just smother it in. Dirt. Sure, I'll smother it in its own dirt. Then that that isn't insulting to a plant. <laughs> <laughs> you cut off its roots and stick it in its mouth. It's sending a message. Exactly. <laughs> to Dean, tell us. Uh, and uh, as soon as he's moving and kind of has the immediate threat uh, in hand, Tez will start trying to communicate to this elemental whatever is in the room uh, in common and just say, uh, did me to trespass? just looking for Dean Tullis. And then he kind of like has a thought and 
says it in draconic as well because who knows okay so you run forward and smother the remains of the twig blight and as you're doing so you kind of speak to the room hey sorry my bad yep Mm mm-hmm yep all right you say it in common and then you begin to repeat yourself in draconic when you are hit in the back ac 22 no chill oh that hits You feel something hard and blunt hit you in between the shoulder blades, and there's a gust of wind. And it deals... Nine bludgeoning damage. And, uh... 10 AC is gonna miss you, right? 10 AC will miss me. Mm, Alright, you feel another strong breeze, but this one almost seems to dissipate against your armor. can now tell that there is something directly behind you but when you look over your shoulder you still can't see anything you want to hear a terrible idea yeah of course always Tez casts thunder wave <laughs> uh, alright so yeah. like behind him alright uh, that's uh, what con save con save let's say 21 that will succeed, so he takes half damage. Uh, Alright, guess. I mean, I rolled an 8, so that's helpful. Uh, 12 damage, halved is 6. 6 damage. Yeah. Alright. And is not pushed. And unsecured objects that are completely within the area of effect are automatically pushed 10 feet away from you by the spell's effect, and the spell emits a thunderous boom audible out to 300 feet. <laughs> All right, what's uh, what's the area? Is it 15, 15 feet cube? All right, so remember, you have run across the room to get to this place by the plant. So you turn and thrust out your palm at what looks to you like nothing in front of you. But as the wave of pressure builds and then explodes... You hear... Um, what languages do you speak again? Uh, common, Draconic, Dwarvish, Elvish, Giant, and Thieves Cant. Okay. In a language you do not understand. <laughs> Elemental, perhaps? <laughs> but it sounds to you much like a wail of pain. So you think he hit something. Is there anywhere to hide in this room? Ah, well, that's the thing. Because in the center of this room was a large wooden desk, like a reception desk, that was definitely within the 15-foot cube of the Thunder Wave. And it, being unsecured to the floor, has gone flying across the room and slammed into the wall that had the door that you entered in. So it's now lying on its side and blocking the door and drawers are flown everywhere and there are papers in the air. They're not floating down gently like leaves. They're swirling in in the wind in in this chaotic uh, gusts that are still filling the room. Ah, okay. Is there a center to these wind currents that can help kind of narrow down where this thing is? You're sure it's directly in front of you. All right, well... And there's also a thunderous peal that can be heard within uh, 300 feet of the Dean's Wing. 
totally normal. Nothing to see here. I'm very excited for Meepo and Scalabro to pass this off as nothing. Hopefully they're clever enough to, to be like, I don't know, I heard it too. Ah, uh, yep, yep. Meepo and Scalabro definitely clever enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By half. They have a combined 19 intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you thunderwaved. Do you do anything else? Uh, I brace for impact. Yes, well, that's what happens. Hmm. 18 AC. Oh, that will also hit. Yeah, 15 bludgeoning damage. Uh, as the air in front of you almost seems to solidify and then hit you straight in the chest. It's fine. And then the next hit is a crit. Great. 18 bludgeoning damage. How much? 18. Okay. Starting to get bad. How's Tez doing? Pretty annoyed, mostly. Hmm. He has the confidence of a man with self-healing. He does. Um. It's extremely annoying. And you feel a rush of air as something moves. So you think it isn't directly in front of you anymore, but you still can't see it. Um. Are the... Uh, those uh, papers and things that kind of emerge from the desk... Uh, are those still kind of indicating roughly where it is? You think it probably moved directly up as the papers travel up in a funnel briefly. Mm, okay. The ceilings in here are 20 feet high. Yeah. From a uh, a belt or uh, like a bandolier that um, Tez has uh, slung over his armor, he quickly withdraws a small scroll, speaks some command words, and fairy fire uh, erupts from his uh, gauntlets. And Hmm. each object in a 20-foot cube is outlined in blue, green, or violet light. My choice. I think I'll choose violet. Uh, Any creature in the area is also outlined if it fails a dexterity saving throw. Kindly save the dexterity or fail the dexterity save, please. Hmm, an eight. That will fail. Uh, it is now shedding dim light in a 10 foot radius. Uh, it is outlined in a violet light, and any attack roll against it uh, has advantage if the attacker can see it, and the affected creature or object can't benefit from being invisible. Well, in that case. A medium-sized, roughly humanoid-shaped figure emerges, limbed in violet light. You can see it's made of coruscating air, barely bound into a humanoid form. Give me an arcana check. Well, well, fortunately, I'm great at those. Uh, 11 plus 7 is 18. Your first guess was that it was an elemental, and now that you can see it, you can definitely tell that it is an invisible stalker, a type of air elemental. Yeah. That murders things. Yeah, that's what I figured, especially when it crit me. And they're often used as guards or trackers. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is here, and it certainly does seem bent on attacking you. 
But now you can see it, so it won't get an advantage on every attack. Hmm. <laughs> uh, do I need to disengage to get away from it? Like, is it... Uh, no, it's up by the ceiling. Ah, okay. However... Well, hang on. Uh, how... There's no real getting away from it, because this room is 20 feet across. Uh, understood. How far is that... How long is that hallway? 55 feet long. That is further than I would prefer. Uh, also, there's a large wooden table overturned, blocking the door. Uh... That means quite literally nothing to me. I will just climb over it. I am a I am a thief. <laughs> I climb at full speed. <laughs> uh, which time to put my thief hat on and thief myself away. Uh, so I will sprint straight at that, parkour it, uh, and uh, use my cunning action to get to the door. And I am fumbling with that key charm to get the door open. Uh, for reinforcements here. It sounds like I'm 70 feet away, so... (laughs) And I have a 35-foot walk speed. (laughs) So here's the issue. If you will recall, the door opened into the room. Uh, yes. And now there is a large wooden table overturned, blocking the door. So the door is unlocked, but it can't open because... The overturned desk is in the way. Okay, so I'm so I'm trapped in the small room. I can't get to the hallway. Well, you can't just sprint out the door, but you could attempt to move the desk. This could be your interact with an object. I could. I could use an object. So you can interact with an object as a bonus action, as a thief. Correct. So you could use part of your move to get to the door and then make an athletics check to try to force the door open or, you know, some other check if you're going to try to find some other way to move the table out of the way. And then you'll be able to open the door and get the hell out. But currently the table's in the way. That's never going to happen. I'm just going to drink a potion. (laughs) Okay. I'm not stuck in here with it. It's stuck in here with me. Wise words. Which potion are you going to drink? Uh, the healing potion for 2d4 plus 2 hit points, which is 6 plus 2 is 8 hit points, so... The math is mathin' for you. I am still bloodied. Hmm, alright. The invisible stalker descends from the ceiling, almost leisurely. 17 AC. That hits. For 8 bludgeoning damage I will take it 14 AC that misses okay so you can see the violet outlines of two of its tendrils solidify and lash out at you but both of them dissipate against your arcade armor you can tell I can do this all day but then it tries to move away from you to float backward away from you. Ah. Well, that sounds like it's inviting an opportunity attack. Mm-hmm. You can see it now. And I have advantage now, so get wrecked. Like I said, I'm not stuck in here with it. It's stuck in here with me. I rolled a 16 and a 7, so that's a 23 versus AC. Definite hit. And that's going to sneak attack. For 17 damage. What's your weapon? It is my magical rapier. Great. 
17 damage it is. And you hear that same wail of pain. It obviously doesn't like this. In what you would now guess is Orin. But it continues to move. So now it is ground level floating against the far wall. Okay, so it's backed away from me. Yeah, seems to have been its usual tactic. Hit you and then move away out of your reach because it knows you can't see it. Of course, now you can and you hit it and it knows you can do that. Well, it's not going to live long enough to find out what happens next. Uh, Tez is, with a fencer's grace, uh, recognizes uh, an opening in a guard and uh, dashes forward to strike again. This time... Uh, I'm not sure I've ever actually used this, <laughs> but I do have Booming Blade as a cantrip. <laughs> and I would like to Booming Blade him with my, uh, with my rapier. Let's do it, see how it goes. Oh, could have been so dramatic. Nobody would have believed it anyway. Uh, so 19 and a 12, so that's a 26 for CC. Mm-hmm. And that will proc sneak attack again. And an extra D8 thunder damage because of uh, the cantrip. Uh, 10, 18, plus 4. 22 more mm, thunder and magic damage. All right, it hates that. And you can see that the winds that make up its form sort of lose coherence for a moment. They dissipate before pulling themselves back together and reforming into a vaguely humanoid shape. Uh, uh, Tez raises his guard and backs away with a disengage. Uh Aha, so because of Booming Blade, it is now surrounded by thunderous energy, correct? Uh, suffers normal effects, becomes sheathed in booming energy. Oh, uh, booming energy. In, uh, boom, Big boom, boom. boomer energy. Booming energy. Hates taxes. Uh, yes, he's trapped with boomer energy. He cannot figure out TikTok. He just doesn't understand Instagram. Can't figure out TikTok. Uh, if he moves, uh, increases... Uh, t- okay, so 2d8 damage if he willingly moves five feet or more before the start of my next turn. Well, it doesn't know that. It does not. So it moves directly to you. All right, this is loud. A big boom. It's not called Whispering Blade. (laughs) It floats towards you, and the energy pops, searing it again with this peal of thunder. But it keeps coming for you. So it closes... Seems fair. It's a melee, but it rolls terribly. 11 AC. Nope. And a crit. Oh, God. Well, that's probably it for Tez. That's 20 bludgeoning damage. Yeah, Tez falls. Ooh, down to the ground. Uh, it rips at his throat. No, it does not do that. Fun. It is a guardian at a school and does not, in fact, murder you on the ground. (laughs) 
<laughs> you are unconscious and bleeding on the ground, though. Let's take a little mini flashback. Three rounds ago, there was a very loud boom that Skelebro and Meepo very clearly heard out in the hallway. What do they do? Meepo's inclination is going to be stay put. Skelebro's inclination is going to be something has gone wrong. We have to help Tez. Uh, I don't know how they're going to get around the key charm door, though, because they don't have a key charm. That is true. They do not have a key charm. Hmm. A conundrum. I mean, there's not much they can do in in combat time. Like, what can we do in 20 seconds? Go get help? <laughs> like, uh, well, they hear a very loud boom, like thunder, coming very definitely from where Tez went. Yeah, I mean, they know Tez has probably blown himself up or gotten into some type of trouble. Uh, there is just very little that either of them can actually do here. Um, hmm. I think, at the very least, Meepo is curious and wants to know what's going on. Scalabro, I think, will try the door and see that it's locked, that it won't budge. Yeah. Uh, I mean, are there any windows? From here? No. But what are their passive perceptions? Skelebro gets plus five from Keen Senses. Uh, one of them is... Uh, yeah, one of them is trained. Um... Yeah, so it's like, uh... Uh, four plus five plus nine, 19, 19 it looks like. That is very good. So Scalabro just kind of glances around and can tell almost immediately that there's no other ingress. But he does spot a male slot. And he leans way, way, way over and peers through it. It is, of course, just about the right height for Meepo to look through. Skillerbrook can also hear... Mm-hmm. <laughs> that there's a fight. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He can, he can hear that there's a fight going on. But also, a little closer, he can hear murmuring voices. From whence? Like whispered voices and they seem to be coming from in the room with a long hallway yeah Skelebro tells Meepo to look through the slot and see what's on the other side takes him a few seconds to get acclimated and then he does what Meepo does he starts like muttering to himself Meepo sees doors Meepo sees paintings of all strange looking people on the walls. And at that, one of the voices gets louder than the others. <laughs> what do you mean? Strange looking. Coming from a lizard? And Mebo can see that along the wall, one of the portraits has begun talking. 
Uh, Meepo asks the portrait to let him in because his friend is in trouble. Uh, please open the door. Meepo's friend is in danger. <laughs> if your friend is in danger, then they deserve it. Oh, why else would they be getting in a fight here in the Dean Swing? Uh, yeah, Skelebro tells him that he <laughs> is more right than he knows, but certainly he understands the importance of friendship. <laughs> a student with some sense. Finally, there weren't many of those in my day. But isn't it a bit late for the two of you to be out past curfew? Uh, Scalabro will explain that they're looking for, uh, Dean Tullis is missing and they're looking for evidence of where she has gone uh, so that they can find her and they are worried she may be in danger. Meepo is drunk. It is Meepo's job to tell everyone that comes by that Meepo is drunk. And his words are slurred a little bit, so it seems like maybe he took this task a little too literally. <laughs> He's method. Meepo is method. Uh, uh, a, a mere 70 feet away in, uh, in Tess's bag are two vials of antitoxin. <laughs> <laughs> 70 feet and yet miles and miles. Miles away. <laughs> mm -hmm. What's this? What's this? Gossip? About a teen? I would think this would be beneath you. Well, I mean, it's it's not gossip. We're, we didn't share it with anybody. That's why we're here. Oh, oh, of course. Late at night. What is your business here in the Dean's Wing at this hour? Skelebro, uh repeats himself. Our friend went in looking for evidence of where Dean Tullis went, and now he's in trouble. So... We're here to help him now, and then we're here to find Dean Tullis. Give me a persuasion check. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, 11 charisma, that's a plus zero, huh? Doesn't Meepo have guidance? Uh, Meepo does not have guidance. Meepo also has minus one charisma, so... Well, the die is going to have to stand on its own, and it is a 14 just a straight up 14 but this is the truth oh first time which i've heard will set you free <laughs> well it's good to see students banding together as friends it's one of the reasons we built this school in the first place to bring disparate methods of magic together but but this is this is quite improper could uh could you maybe help us now and then write us up later and then they hear another voice coming from inside the hallway what's this what's this are you giving these students a hard time again <laughs> what do you mean they deserve it hey says the first voice hey hey kids you're here to help your friend you say this is the portrait of a regal looking dwarf yes Skelebro kind of gives Meepo a look like this is new <laughs> let's just roll with it <laughs> yes Tez is drunk no just like Meepo Meepo we're dropping the act we're telling the truth <laughs> Meepo is telling the truth and Skelebro again explains that they're looking for Dean Tullis <laughs> and, that, and that Tez is inside oh inside eh well, sure sounds like the invisible stalker is giving him some trouble yeah, and then another boom. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's going to beat it. Skelebro explains that's what he's trying to get inside to help for. <laughs> so the first portrait breaks in again and says, Sure, this would be improper. And Meepo and Skelebro can tell it's talking more to the other portrait than to them. Either of them, or both, whatever. Give me an insight check. Okay. <laughs> this is blind leading the blind. All right, one got a two, one got an 18. Huh. <laughs> Wait, which one got the 18? Uh, Meepo got the 18. And... Perfect. Meepo has drunken insight at this point. Yeah, Skelebro doesn't have any... Uh, neither of them are trained in it, so, yeah. So Meepo, who grew up... Alone and unloved in a kobold warren, playing multiple factions against each other just to survive, realizes that if there's a way through this door, it probably has something to do with playing these two antagonists against each other in some way. Meepo addresses the new voice. Wouldn't you like to help us out? It'll obviously make him mad. Ah, the direct approach. Give me some kind of check. Arcana. Mm, sure. It won't matter what the check is. Uh, I rolled a 16, so it's uh, frankly about as good as Meepo's going to get on anything. You know what? You make a good point. It's been about 400 years since I've had any fun and got to make him angry. Hall pass approved. And with a click... The door opens. Meepo and Skelebro burst into the room, and I think Skelebro is like the tactically aware one to say, <laughs> where's the fight? Who's he asking? Uh, the, two, the two portraits, I suppose. The friendly portrait says, sounds like straight ahead. That door's unlocked, so uh, yeah, Skelebro will just throw the door open. All right, so Meepo and Skelebro book it down the hallway. As they're running, they can see that there are dozens of these portraits lining the hall. And now they all seem to be awake and paying attention very closely to what's going on. Whereas before, you know, some of them were dozing or not in frame or posing for the camera. And as they reach the end of the corridor, Skelebro leans in and puts a broad shoulder into the door expecting to blow it open and surprise whatever's on the other side uh, but instead what happens is he knocks the door open and the strength of the impact throws the overturned desk out of the way so the path is clear just in time to see Ted's fall unconscious what does Skelebro do? body floating above him. Then that would mean that they burst through the door right as Tez falls because his concentration drops. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. <laughs> well, then it winks out of existence. And the violet light disappears. But they know where it is. Correct. Uh, does Mevo? <laughs> do they need initiative or are they just, they're going after the Invisible Stalker? They can just drop a new initiative now. Uh, okay. Cool. Uh, Meepo cast sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Have Meepo make an arcana check. Ah, uh, the thing he's good at. 
I keep saying that. It's never true. <laughs> 11 plus 3 minus 1 for his intelligence, 13. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he doesn't know it's an invisible stalker, but he can tell it's an elemental. And he knows that elementals are immune to sleep. They're immune to being charmed? No, they're immune to sleep, to unconsciousness. There's a spell called Dragon's Breath. It is a bonus action to cast. They use an action to breathe. Yeah, which still seems like probably his best move at this point. So that's what he'll do. So he will cast Dragon's Breath on himself and then exhale, let's say, cold damage. Oh, you can choose every time. He does, yeah. Uh, well, he gets, sorry, he gets to choose what type of breath he gains when he casts a spell. Not every time he exhales. It is a dexterity saving throw. So invisibility will not matter. It's also Meepo casting, so none of this is going to matter. How does he feel about a 12? A 12 is probably fine. <laughs> uh, what, 8 plus proficiency is 11. Minus 1. Oh, wait, no, he's charisma casting. Minus 1 is 10. Whew. All right. But it does half damage, I would guess. And it's half of actually a lot. Uh, 14 on the dice. So that's pretty pretty good. So seven damage. Cold. Not bad. Not bad. They hear the same wail in Orin that they heard before. Skelebro shouts... We did this in the wrong order. <laughs> and charges forward and tackles the uh, tackles the invisible stalker. A grapple, which, as far as I know, doesn't have disadvantage on it. <laughs> Skelebro and Meepo have been working together long enough uh, that Meepo yells out as Skelebro rushes ahead that it's immune to grapple. <laughs> it's made of air. So dumb. Uh, okay, well, that's a fun monster. I guess I'll just swing my greatsword twice. Uh, with disadvantage, because it's invisible. <laughs> cool adventure, Ishan. Thanks. This one's actually in the book. Right. But I have improved critical, so... Uh, I rolled a 10 and 11 on the first attack, so that's a... Uh, a many. A 16? 17. 17. Ooh, 11 plus 3, 14 damage on the greatsword. Not a magical greatsword, right? It is, uh, I don't think it is, no. It slices through air, but you can tell it finds some purchase. The second one is like a, a 4 plus something and a 3 plus something, so I don't think that's going to do it. 11 and 10 versus AC, so 10 versus AC. Second swing goes wide, but not by too, too much. Skelebro's greatsword out in his fighting stance in a room full of swirling air. Meepo's the biggest threat. Mm, 25 AC. Protection fighting style. <laughs> uh, in that case, 16 AC. May well still hit him. Yeah, it still hits Meepo. 12 bludgeoning damage. And then a 22 AC for 13 damage. So a gust of wind, papers are flying everywhere. Meepo can't see anything, and suddenly two hard hits connect in his chest. 
Well, it's their turn. Meepo breathes cold again. Next save. That is a nine. That finally fails. Four. Uh, Twelve damage cold. Oh, not bad, not bad. For just a moment, you could see tendrils of air grow frosty. And then it melts away and it's invisible again. Perhaps that was enough for Skelebro, who will attack twice. <laughs> uh, I don't know, was 12 on that one, so 19 versus AC. That's a hit. For 9 damage, half is 5. Uh, 7 is the low, plus 7 is 14. And that'll hit. It's naked, doesn't wear armor. Uh, 13 damage, so have this six. Tez's turn is unconscious. Uh, Death saving throw. I, I I don't have a way of waking Tez. <laughs> like, there's yeah, there's no there's no potions around. I mean, I can make a medicine check with these. I thought Meepo had cure wounds. Uh, Meepo does not have cure wounds. Meepo has uh, Shadow Blade and Dragon's Breath. Sleep and bless. Green flame blade and prestidigitation. Uh, okay, so Tez uh, rolled a twelve on his death save, so he succeeds once. All right, the stalker. The stalker crits Meepo. Uh, can he do thirty-five damage? Uh, does Skelebro want a protection style this? Oh, I sure yes. I suppose that would be useful. It is not a crit. Is in fact half a crit, but that still hits Meepo. 16 AC. Does. Yeah, so Meepo's down. I don't think he can do less than 5 or more than 35, so. Meepo drops. Poor. Poor Meepo. Which means. 16 AC on Skelebro. That will clang right off his mithril plate. Ooh. So one tendril smacks Meepo down to the ground, and the other clangs harmlessly. Skelebro's male. Skelebro can feel the wind right in front of him. He will swing. What you got? What you got? 15 and 16 on that one, so that's a 22 for... When the chips are down, and by that I mean weak friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh... And I rolled a six and a five for the damage, so that's fourteen, halved to seven. Ooh, ooh, ooh. A whale in Orin. Uh eleven and seventeen on the next one, so that's a eighteen versus AC. Four, four plus three is eleven, so six damage. So with a final swing of a non-magical greatsword, Skelebro cleaves in twain the magic binding this creature together and abruptly all motion dies in a room uh Skelebro immediately tends to Tez in what manner in a medical manner <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, can he make a DC 10 medicine check? Unclear. <laughs> 14 plus 1, 15. There we go. Wounds are tended, but Tez is not conscious. Yeah, and now he's gonna Tez. Uh, he's gonna tend to Meepo, who I suppose has to make a first a death save, which is a six. Okay. So now wah, wah. we've got a medicine check, which is a eight. <laughs> so no. <laughs> so Meepo has to make another death save. God, okay. Which is a five. <laughs> oh my god. So Skelebro has to make another medicine say or medicine check. Mm-hmm. Which is a 17 plus one is 18. <laughs> Meepo lives. <laughs> okay, okay. But it was a near thing. <laughs> There's no way of knowing for sure. <laughs> Alright, so Skelebro is the only conscious one, and he has a conundrum to deal with. All around him the room is destroyed. Papers everywhere, an overturned desk down the hallway. There are portraits who are chattering loudly. And he looks in a corner of this room and sees there's a dead twig blight in a pot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is something to take note of. He also spots the nameplate on the door of Dina Augusta Tullus, which is the reason that they came here in the first place. So what does he do with his two unconscious friends? Does he book it out of here because of all the noise and the mess and the ruckus? Or does he... Complete the mission. Uh, in a manner that he has begrudgingly learned from Tez, he quickly rifles through his belongings, <laughs> looking for <laughs> anything that might be of use uh, in order to uh, arouse Tez. And uh, I genuinely don't think there's anything in there. <laughs> So I think, uh, I think Skelebro's going to go at it, uh, yeah, I think he's going to go. I think he's going to at least try the door to her office. It is locked. Well, he's already rifled through Tez's belongings and knows that there's a crowbar in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, and when you're in for a dime, you're in for a dollar, so... Uh, he walks out to the other hall and and uh, tells them, would you mind opening the dean's door so that we can find what we came here for? And then he kind of holds the crowbar up and is like, or I could use this. I think it might be more fun to watch you use that. He turns to the, the woman who helped previously and says, wouldn't it be more fun to disappoint him? I think I've done enough for one night. This one's on you. Fair enough. And he st st stalks off very determinedly to go pry open this door. Give me an athletics check with advantage. You know, I don't know if he's proficient in crowbars, but he's very strong. Uh, 18 plus 7 plus 6 is 24 and in a manner very different from the way that Tez breaks into places Scalabro takes the crowbar with an apparently practiced arm hacks it into the jam and expertly with one swift motion pops the lock off along with the doorknob on Dean Tellus's door 
which slowly swings open. Yeah, this is a uh, this is one of those things that like uh, Skelebro just sighs in disappointment <laughs> with himself that he's learned these types of things while hanging out with Tez, and it's like it's extra annoying because he's good at it, you know. Like he's at choosing the life of crime. The life of crime is choosing him. And we'll find out what happens next. Next time. All right. Let's talk about how our listeners can get in contact with us. We do love hearing from you. You can tweet at Shane at Mundangerous. That's M-U-N Dangerous for like two more weeks while this <laughs> website continues its death throes. I don't know if we'll see you on the other side or, I don't know, on Mastodon. Yeah, I never never considered that <laughs> this might age poorly <laughs> you can tweet at Ishan at Evil Sans Karna that's Malice Minus Meat and you can tweet at the show at TPTCast you can also email us at TotalPartyThrill at gmail.com and you can find us on the web at www.TotalPartyThrill.com and we're on Facebook and Instagram at TotalPartyThrill and join the conversation on Discord there's a link in the show notes at least until those platforms get sold Exactly. At least until the metaverse takes off and Facebook and Instagram crater. Uh, okay, well, one way you'll always be able to reach us is on Patreon. So before we wrap up, we want to take a moment and thank our Patreon supporters. Your support is what makes it possible for us to keep doing this show. So to learn about all our rewards, check out patreon.com slash totalpartythrill. And what do we have planned for next week's episode? We're continuing our playthrough of The Magister's Masquerade. Uh, well, that's it for episode 329 of Total Party Thrill. I hope we lived up to our name, but either way, I'm Shane. And I'm Ishan. Thanks for listening.